Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. I guess I'm in a sort of a philosophical mode today, like when am I not? But I thought I'd, uh, I don't know, kind of go over some things that are on my mind. And I remember not long ago, I was uh, visiting my dentist for a routine checkup. And there was this new and unusually chatty dental hygienist. And after the usual exchange of pleasantries, she started asking me about my hobbies and stuff. And then she shared her hobby. She traveled around the world on extended weekends. Yeah. What she would do is she would scout out the cheapest and the best airfare she could find to go, well, anywhere on any airline and just buy a ticket and go. You know, she would be like, oh, Singapore Airlines has a great fare from L.A. to Kuala Lumpur this week. I'm going. Yeah, his, her hobby wasn't seeing all these exotic places. No, her hobby was traveling to all the exotic places. Yeah, like she loved to get on planes and go places. Yeah, like fly 14 hours out of L.A. to, say, Ho Chi Minh City, chill in the airport for a few hours and get right back on the plane to L.A. She knew like every little nuance of international travel. She could tell you about the secret coach seat adjustments on an Emirates A380 or the best airport bar at Amsterdam Schiphol or the quick return through customs at London Heathrow. But she really never stepped out of the airports, never saw the cities. She collected travel experiences, well, a form of travel experiences, that is, and she loved it. And, man, Mondays must have been a real drag, right? I mean, all that travel in 72 hours, and what'd you do this weekend? Took on a whole new meaning, right? Although I'll wager that she must have had some awesome in-your-face comebacks for obnoxious work colleagues. Oh, I flew to London and back. What'd you do? (laughs) Now... Sure, you're asking me, what could this possibly have to do with the aquarium hobby? Well, more than you think, actually. I recall during my tenure as a co-owner of a coral propagation um, company, we'd see a lot of customers who'd want to buy all sorts of crazy corals. Some guys really wanted only specific stuff like, you know, named, ugh, I hate saying that, named acros or what would come to be known in the reefing world as limited edition corals. Don't even get me started on this. We'll have that discussion some other time. They'd scour our 30-foot-long raceways looking for stuff that we, they felt, you know, we mislabeled. You know, common corals like Acropora tenuous. They'd think that they got a steal on a freshly imported maricultured coral for $40 when they knew that a two-centimeter frag of the same coral, basically the colorful tips freshly snipped off the coral by some unscrupulous vendor, would sell in their world for hundreds of dollars. Never mind the fact that the colors wouldn't hold and that they only cost $12 landed wholesale or whatever these guys felt that they were beating the system. Yeah, freshly imported Acropora tenuous, stressed and still showing widely incredible pigments that wouldn't last are like the poster child of the overhyped coral BS world. That's just what it is. But these guys had an uncanny knack for stopping by on days that we'd receive shipments from our, you know, wild collectors or from our, bar- you know, Bally Maricultured guys. And they'd pay 
breathtaking prices for these little microchips of corals from other online vendors of dubious reputation, despite the absurdly photoshopped images, just to be able to say that they had the, you know, XYZ nuclear fallout acanthastria or, or whatever in their tanks. There was like this whole subculture of people in the reef world who simply collect, and there still are, who simply collect this crazy rare coral. They talk about it and they brag about it. And when you would see a picture of their reef tank, it was almost always an uninspired pile of rocks with little frag plugs everywhere, lined up like vehicles for sale at a used car dealership. I mean, they'd point out every ridiculous, you know, designer coral and who they got it from and, you know, how much it cost. And you'd almost never see a full-grown colony of anything, just frags on plugs, some seemingly just hacked off a colony and glued to a plug just before they got them. However, that was their thing. They were fully into it. Now, in many cases, in my opinion, the tank looked like shit, but they couldn't care less. That wasn't what it was about for them. Their hobby, as they came to realize, was the pursuit of this trendy stuff. They weren't reef aquarists in the sense that they were passionate about building and managing reef tanks and growing corals to the full potential. No, they were passionate about collecting and acquiring and hunting for these microchip frags of rare or highly sought out trendy corals, the rush. As a hardcore hobbyist, I'd often look at these people and laugh and actually shudder at their lack of interest in what I thought were the more important aspects of the hobby. All the while, these guys and their whole subculture were loving it. Yeah, I had to think about it for a little bit and realize that A, it's not for me to judge how someone enjoys their hobby, and B, there's plenty of ways to enjoy the aquarium hobby, and C, it's good for the economy, right? Yeah, never mind the fact that I thought most of these people were a bit shallow and materialistic and not particularly good aquarists. In the end, it didn't matter doesn't matter what I think. We can enjoy the hobby however we want. It's not for me or for anyone else to judge, despite my opinions on things. I remember a guy from my local aquarium club. This goes back quite a few years. He, he was one of those nerdy, shy, internet subculture kind of guys. And my girlfriend at the time was convinced that he was de- deviant of some sort. And the kind of guy that when he gets arrested for some illegal internet porn scam, elicits those comments of, yeah, he seemed like such a nice guy. I can believe it. And of course, I'd be like, hmm, spent all, in days and, all of his days and nights on obscure hobby forums. His house was total bachelor style clothing, pizza boxes and beer cans everywhere. Classic stuff. And he had like 100 aquariums all over the house in plastic boxes and jars of fishes, any vessel, any container that could hold water was recruited into aquarium service food culture spare aquariums boxes of parts you know it's a typical stuff and he kept like everything any fish you just heard about any methodology that was coming along he'd be tinkering with really well too bred all sorts of cichlids and betas rare plecos galore nice stuff his house smelled musty at all times and there were certain rooms you weren't allowed into uh, you know at least not to turn the lights on because the croaking guarmies he was trying to breed were in their night cycle or whatever, really hardcore stuff. And of course you had to swat uh, the occasional fruit fly or insect, you know, off of your uh, arm or something. But I was par for the course. I could never have lived the way he did. And at least never could have lived the way he did and had a girlfriend or a wife. Uh, but despite my admiration for the guy's skills and his adventurous aquatic endeavors, I mean, Despite the fact that he sort of spoke in a dull whisper all the time and rarely cared to venture outside of his house, or so it seemed, because the pile of boxes from Amazon and online vendors were always on the guy's front porch, he was enjoying his hobby the way he wanted to, and I envied him for it. Well, not his personal grooming or his housekeeping, but for his devotion and his creativity and how he enjoyed the hobby, his way. Now, there was a stint, a 
of a couple of years in my life where I was working in uh, the New York City area, one of the country's more exclusive aquarium design and maintenance firms. Yeah, homesick LA surfer geek headed east. I got lured away by a good salary and a neat gig. It wouldn't last too long, though. I managed the team that designed and installed custom systems in some pretty swanky New York City apartments and homes, like, you know, 40, 50 million, 80 million dollar architectural digest kind of homes. Some were owned by some very famous people. Money was just nothing to these people, and they wanted what they want, and they wanted it at the time they wanted it, without exception. And it was rough. They'd have these crazy custom aquariums in their homes, and these tanks were usually some of the most non-functional designs I'd ever seen. Absurdly tall and narrow tanks, room dividers, shower installs, incomprehensibly tall cylinder tanks. Many were semi-reef tanks. Almost all were virtually impossible to maintain properly because there was no access or limited ways to get flow within the aquarium because of the absurd dimensions. They weren't designed by fish people for fish people. They were designed by enablers, interior designers, architects, people that didn't know about fish to fit the dimensions of the space with no regards of functionality or animal health. My superiors were like, yeah, we'll do it, but it's going to be tough to maintain. I don't care. Do it. They were, these things were soulless. As an aquarist, I struggled to comprehend why. These people would often call up, well, their house managers would call up and tell us they were having some sort of function at the home on a Friday night and wanted a new selection of fish to match the theme of the party. You know, lots of yellow tangs because they wanted yellow or dozens of puffers because they were having a sushi night or whatever. And sharks, always wanted sharks or other equally bizarre requests. And we'd get into these long discussions about why these were absurd animal combinations and stuff like that and choosing fishes on the basis of how they matched your drapes was just ridiculous and they couldn't care less. They would lay into me and say, nope, this is what we want. And uh, since it wasn't my company, I had to capitulate. Sustainable aquariums and long-term health of the animals were of little interest to these people. They wanted a piece of kinetic art, and the fishes were simply part of the installation. Yeah, after having to give in to these people repeatedly rather than risk my splashy job and my sanity, I finally had enough. It wasn't for me. I bolted back to LA to grow corals at the first opportunity. Happy that I did it, too. Again, it dawned on me, though, that although I'm a hardcore fish person, it was hardly for me to judge how other people enjoy aquariums uh, or the hobby, for that matter, except, of course, those people, because most couldn't care less or even want to care. It wasn't a hobby to them. However, I suppose in their own bizarre way, they enjoy the animals, at least when they were actually home. Now, fast forward to now and with Tannen, we get to work with lots of pretty experienced hobbyists and some new ones, but hobbyists who take great delight in many of the arcane things that we do. We also have all sorts of, you know, aquascapers, breeders, even some downright beginners who just want to start in a new way. The, the people who we work with seem to get it. You guys get it. And that's cool. However, not everyone has the same aesthetic taste, the interests, or philosophies as I do. And I get that. It took a lifetime in the fish world to realize the simple truth that everyone enjoys the hobby the way they want to. And that's pretty cool. Embracing this has made me enjoy my hobby experience more than ever. We get to see aquariums, hear ideas, and exchange stories with aquarists at every level from all over the world on like a daily basis. We operate in an obscure or formerly obscure niche of the hobby that's experiencing rapid growth and interest from many directions. Seeing the work that you do and the secrets that you guys unlock as you do it is amazing. It's like oxygen to me. And as I speak more and more at these freshwater events and get to meet and greet more and more hobbyists, I realize that despite our differences in how we enjoy the hobby, we all enjoy the hobby. You may see me criticizing the underwater diagramma, diorama, aquascaping crowd, you know, or questioning the coral collectors, but that doesn't mean there's hate there. 
I may never understand why that lady in Charlotte loves Hillstream loaches so much or why the guy in Leeds thinks that guarmies are the greatest fish imaginable. But I get it. I get them. We, aquarists, are kind of united by a common bond, an interest, a joy, a passion for aquatic life and the habitats in which they reside. We enjoy the hobby in the manner that we wish to. And that's perfectly okay. And very, very cool. Don't ever forget that, okay? It's my simple thought for a Tuesday afternoon here. Namaste. Enjoy, enjoy your week. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.